Welcome to the Drafting Up Podcast. It's Jared Feinberg and Devin Jackson, and we are back for another episode of the podcast. Devin, how's it going, my man? Not too bad, man. Um, you know, just another Thursday morning. Um, not too too much going on. Um, you know, obviously got a, a weekend of football coming. You know, it's not exactly the uh, the marquee uh, week for either the NFL or college football. Uh, but, you know, nonetheless, we got football this weekend, so I have to be grateful about that. Um, and excited to talk some more football, man. Yeah, I mean, like you said, we're, we're grateful to have football right now, especially with a lot with the country as a whole surging in terms of COVID-19 cases. And, you know, there, there's some concern about, you know, Will the college football season continue on with because you have or you had at least maybe five or six games with top 10, top 12 opponents that were playing this weekend? Their games got canceled or postponed. So it's concerning. Um, like cases are going up every day. Um, last I saw yesterday, there were 148,000 cases for the day and that's just an insane number. And, um, this is a reminder for everyone to please wear a mask to protect others. If you care about other human beings, please wear a mask. Like we want to have some sort of normalcy, hopefully w- within the next year. So if you can wear a mask, please do so. Socially distance, keep, stay hygiene or have good hygiene and just stay safe. Um, you know, with all this news going on and also like it, it's it kind of makes people worry like how much longer do we have sports around for until we may have to go back to another lockdown like we have to really take everything like by ear now you know we don't know what the next week will bring what the next day will bring what the next hour will bring it's and I was watching um uh Instagram live that Chris Chris Fowler was doing, the uh, popular ESPN play by play caller. Um and he he was saying like just paraphrasing here, like when whenever he's talking to coaches and players for a game, everything's hour by hour with them because they don't know if they're gonna be playing this weekend and the team that they're playing could have a outbreak going on. You know, it's just there's so much unknown right now. And, you know, it's I hate to say that I hate to say this, but it's kind of expected that we're seeing all these games being postponed or canceled. We're seeing a lot more COVID-19 positives. It's because like we're in the cooler months now. It's getting cooler. We're also in flu season. We're also dealing with, yeah, and like I said, we're dealing with with much cooler temperatures all over the place. So, you know, 
I I really am I'm cautiously optimistic we can get college football done this year. Cautiously. Um we may see something we've never seen before in college football, you know. Ohio State could miss out if they miss two games. Indiana is able to play the rest of their schedule, no problem. They get to the Big Ten championship. You know, there's so many different scenarios, like it's it's gonna be really interesting to see. Um, we have some breaking news coming out of Penn State um, that came out last night. Um, star running back Journey Brown is being forced into retirement due to a very serious heart issue that was supposedly, and I'm not sure if this is correct or not, um, discovered while he was testing for COVID-19 over the past um, few weeks or so, and that's why he's been out. But And also Chris Fowler when I was watching that live, he had already knew about Brown's heart issue uh, well before it was announced. When Ohio, when he was calling the Penn State-Ohio State game, when he was interviewing the coaches and the players and whatnot, he found out, I think from either James Franklin or Brown himself, that Brown was done, like done for good. Uh, so it, it's, it's really heartbreaking to see Brown not being able to play football anymore. He's very talented. He if he had played this year, I am certain he probably would have made a great conversation for the top running back in the 2021 draft. But now we won't be able to see that. Um, we'll never get to know what type of player he can be at the next level. He was obviously talented enough to play at the next level, but we'll just never get to see that. It's really heartbreaking. Yeah, it sucks. Um yeah, it, it it just sucks, man. I mean, it's a it's a bad situation all around. I mean, dude, like you said, he was he was on the cusp of being one of those breakout stars in college football. You know, he had a big game against Memphis. Had a big game against Ohio State as well. Had a couple touchdowns last year. Um, he had an insane game in high school where he had 722 yards and 10 touchdowns in one game. So we knew that he was a, someone that could be special. And obviously a lot of people didn't believe that he could do it at the college level. But, you know, throughout the back half of the stretch of the season, uh, he was part of the reason Pitt State won all those games they did. Uh, he was taking over games. Uh, he was part of the reason they were competitive in the Ohio State game, um, as well as the Minnesota game. So he was someone that really made a difference for this offense, and it hurt, it's going to hurt them, you know, going forward. Because uh, this year they struggled at running back. You know, uh, he's gone now. Noah Kane is done for the season. So they have a lot of young uh, guys in, in the running back room right now for Penn State, and, and they're just struggling as a team. So uh, heartbreaking news, but at the same time, uh, you're, you have to be glad that they found it before anything serious happened, uh, before you hop back onto the field and, you know, something bad could have happened. So. We got to be thankful that they found it before it, it got out of hand or, or really affected him uh, and, and could have put his life in jeopardy. So, you know, at the end of the day, um, it's the unfortunate reality of football, man. It, it's such a dangerous sport that, you know, only, you know, the, the top one percent of people can do it. And that's not even including, you know, injuries and, and things that can happen along the way. So. Um, I'm sure every college football player after hearing that last night is treasuring every snap they can get and, and hopefully, uh, they'll get, you know, an NFL. So sad news for a journey Brown, but at the same time, uh, you want to be healthy and 
want to live a prosperous life too. So this kind of reminds me of when uh, you remember um, Amon Richards from Miami, very talented receiver out of Miami, having to retire due to a, um, I believe it was a neck injury, right? Um, something going on with his nerves in his neck or something like that. Can't really, I don't really remember, but I remember when I was watching his tape, this is when I was like really starting. It was after my first draft that I had evaluated. I I had like really studied the players for the first time ever. You know, coming into the 2019 season, I was looking at Mon Richards. I'm like, this dude can be a really really good player, and and then he has to retire at, right before the season because he find, finds out he's got something going on with his neck. So he can't play football anymore. I don't know if it was an injury he suffered at practice or it was a, I don't really remember what it was, but it was just so odd and it was heartbreaking to see Richards not being able to play football anymore. Um, and I remember like the high forward, uh, Jeff Thomas was going on. Like after he had that great game against LSU, Joe Burrow's first start, um, in, uh, uh, for the LSU Tigers, then we, Thought he wasn't even going to be anything. And then look what happens. He's now the first overall pick. He's going to be the future in the NFL at quarterback, essentially. So, like, seeing all, seeing these talented players go down and knowing I've seen this before, it's heartbreaking. And Brown kind of was in that same situation. Um, like getting starting to get a lot of hype in, entering the year. Like he's going to be a great player. He's on the verge of breaking out, and then he finds out there's something wrong with him, and he's having and he has to retire from the game of football, which is just heartbreaking. He's not retiring from like doing life. Like he's just going to go off and um, enjoy life. Not nothing like that. He's retiring from the game of football, and that that's just heartbreaking for someone who I know loves the game of football, who's passionate about the game of football, and was really on the verge of being a very successful running back, not only on the college level, but on the NFL level. So, again, very heartbreaking to see Journey Brown having to retire from football due to very serious heart issue, and we wish him nothing but the best. And, Devin, like you said um, a few moments ago, or, yeah, a few moments ago, it's not a good weekend for college football in terms of like what types of matchups are out there. And the only game I could really find that I was like, Ooh, this could be something good was Notre Dame, number two, Notre Dame at Boston college. Um, so th- that's the only game I'm going to be watching this weekend and the prospects I'll be watching in that game. And this is essentially the w- list of prospects. I'll, be watching for the entire weekend are Notre Dame offensive tackle Liam Eckenberg, um, Boston College quarterback Phil Jerkovic, who I've become a big fan of, um, and Notre Dame linebacker safety hybrid uh, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa. Um, you know, those are the three players I'm really interested in watching. Um, I haven't really watched Eckenberg um, closely, and this will basically be the first time I'm seeing him up close. Not like I'm not going to be at the game, of course. Like, they're not allowing fans or anything at Boston College right now. But 
like it'll be the first time to see what his game is like and how I see him coming into the draft process once we start getting the tape in, once once more tape is coming out, once we learn more about players and whatnot. So Ekin, Ekin, this game is going to be the first time I see Eckenberg play, um, like really focus on him. Phil Djokovic, uh, I had listed him down as a player to watch a couple weeks ago when he was playing Clemson, had a great game through like three quarters, and then Clemson came back and he struggled in the fourth quarter. But I was really impressed with um, Djokovic's arm, and um, I expect him to have possibly something similar to what he had, a similar game to what he had against Clemson. Um, Boston College's offense is explosive, um, and I think they can give Notre Dame a pretty good challenge. Um, Jeremiah Wusu um, Koromoa, he's a very talented linebacker, safety hybrid. Um, he's, I heard someone say on Twitter, like, he is what we thought Isaiah Simmons is supposed to be. And in a way, he's kind of similar to Isaiah Simmons. He's got, he's got good, he's got good build. He's got really good athleticism. He can really just play anywhere on the back end and on the second level. Like he, he can really do it all for a defense. He is that true chess piece that defensive coordinators want on their defense. So Wusu, uh, Koromoa, he's arguably been one of the better linebackers in the entire draft or in the entire country throughout the last few weeks. Dylan Moses has not been playing as great as we had hoped, but hopefully he can improve as the year goes on. But Awusu Kormoa has submitted himself as one of the top linebackers in this draft class. I don't know if he's the top linebacker in the draft. I think that title goes to Micah Parsons because even though he's not playing this year, I bet you if he was playing this year, he'd easily be the best linebacker in the country right now, without question, in my opinion. So, you know, more tape for Awusu Kormoa. Will be crucial for him, and this is really also going to be the first time I'm going to be seeing him like really looking at him, looking at him closely, because like I want to get to know players better in terms of how they play the game and whatnot. So those are the three players I'll be looking at for this weekend. I don't know about you, but like yeah, that's the only game I'm really just I'm excited about, and I'm and. It, even that game, I'm like, eh, doesn't seem like it could be good. I don't know. It's it's not a good week for college football. But thankfully, next week, I was looking at uh, what next week's schedule could be like. I think Coastal Carolina plays at App State, and then we have a couple other ranked matchups. Um, and Indiana plays Ohio State next week. That's going to be a good game. I'm excited for that week. So can't wait to break down next week's games. Not this weekend, next week. So really excited about that one. So, Devin, who are some of the prospects you'll be looking at this weekend? Um, well, there's going to be a, a few underrated matches that I'm going to be looking at this weekend. Um, one in particular, Iowa-Minnesota. Uh, it's a Friday night game. Uh, I want to watch Rashad Bateman go against the Iowa secondary, uh, see how he's continuing to uh, kind of break out, and then uh, on the other side of the ball, we'll see Alaric Jackson uh, working against Minnesota. So those are two guys from that game. Uh, Miami-Virginia Tech, that's going to be a bit of an underrated matchup um, as well. 
Virginia Tech obviously coming off their loss to Liberty, but Christian Derisaw, uh, who's starting to get first round buzz, he'll be going up against Quincy Roche and Jalen Phillips. Uh, I think that will be a good matchup uh, in that game to see because it's going to be um, a test of draft stocks. You know, Christian Derisaw is, is really re- rising up uh, draft boards right now. And then Quincy Roche and, and Jalen Phillips have had great seasons for Miami. So that's a matchup I'll be watching on in that game. Um, and then Coastal Carolina, Troy, not necessarily the, the game per se, but uh, Taron Jackson. He's also starting to get a little bit more buzz, the edge, the edge rusher. Actually, Jordan Reed just tweeted about him probably about 10, 15 minutes ago. Uh, so he's starting to get some buzz as well uh, in in terms of uh, attention and whatnot. So I'll be watching that matchup. Obviously, the players that you mentioned in Notre Dame and Boston College, that game as well. Uh, and then one more to look out for, uh, Florida, Arkansas. Want to see uh, Kyle Trask continue to play well. And Arkansas is a sneaky good team. Uh, Felipe Franks is really starting to solidify himself as a potential late day three selection. Maybe a um, I, I can't think of the word, but uh, a preferred uh, undrafted free agent. Um, so he's he's starting to play himself in, into some of the conversation of, of being draftable, um, which we did not think it was going to happen. And then obviously the nightcap, Wisconsin, Michigan. Uh, hopefully we get to see Graham Mertz back in action, even though he's just a retro freshman, and then uh, Quiddy Pay going against uh, Cole uh, Van Lannen, uh, the the left tackle of Wisconsin. I think that'll be a good matchup as well. Yeah, and I think the part part of the reason for me why I'm probably just going to be watching one game is you know I got school going on, and also I got. Stuff that's due over the weekend and I gotta get stuff done, you know, so I'm trying to limit myself, trying to just sneak in one game. I might try to watch a little bit of Michigan, Wisconsin, maybe Miami, Virginia Tech, but the game I'm really just looking at is Boston College Notre Dame because that could be, that could end up being a really good game or it could be an absolute blowout for Notre Dame. Um, Success or their, what's the word? Notre Dame's, um, went blank. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, if Boston, you know, Boston College, they got so close against Clemson. They were so close to beating them. I think they can really go after Notre Dame. And am I saying that Boston College could upset Notre Dame? Maybe, maybe. Boston College has the ability has the ability to do that because they have a great run game, they have a good quarterback, they have some explosive weapons, and their offense is just flying out really good. And Notre Dame's defense wasn't that impressive, honestly. Like, yes, they were impressive against the run. They made great plays when they needed to. But overall, Notre Dame's defense is not that great. So I think um Boston College needs to really take advantage of that. And if they can do that, we could see Notre Dame falling this weekend and going back further in the rankings. And then the ACC championship could just be anyone against Clemson. Could be Miami versus Clemson or North Carolina versus Clemson 
Or it could still be Notre Dame versus Clemson. You know, this game has big ACC and potential playoff implications for just Notre Dame in particular and the ACC in general. So North Carolina and Miami, they're going to be looking at that game very closely. Michigan, Wisconsin, Michigan really needs to start getting back on track because they don't look like a good football team. Against Minnesota, everyone was like, oh, this could actually be the year that Michigan is going to be really, really good and they can beat Ohio State. It just doesn't look like anything like that. Like, they had one good game and that was it. It's really, it's shocking to me how far Michigan has fallen. And I remember the year in, I think it was 2016, when, yeah, 2016, when Michigan was going undefeated, then they lost that. Lost at Iowa on that last second field goal. Went on to play Ohio State in the big house, a battle between two teams vying for a playoff spot. Um, and basically the winner was going to either make the college football playoff and win the Big Ten. Or So, you know, Michigan, they've got to beat Wisconsin this weekend. They have to. And Wisconsin hasn't played in a couple weeks. So, you know, we'll have to see what Wisconsin really is like this week. If Graham Mertz is available, which I assume he is, I, I assume he's already out of that 21-day quarantine. Um, but if Mertz is able to play this weekend, I'm not so sure Michigan can really shut him down because Michigan's defense has not been great. And I think they lost Cameron McGrone for um, a period of time. Is he out for the season? Growing up for the season, I'm not sure. I haven't seen much about that, but I can certainly check. Yeah, if you could check that for me, that would be great. Um, and while I'm at it, like another player that I'm really looking forward to throughout this draft process is um, Quiddy Pay, um, very talented pass rusher out of Michigan. Um, I think he could be a factor in determining whether or not Michigan will be in contention. If he shows the ability to just take over games this weekend and he can beat Wis- and himself alone can beat Wisconsin's offense, like this guy should be considered the top pass rusher in the 2021 draft. He's, and I know Jordan Reed's been comparing him to Brandon, uh, Brandon Graham, Eagles pass rusher, and the comparison kind of makes sense because they both have that dense build. And they both have good pass rush ability. So, you know, it's going to be a really interesting game to watch. Um, can Michigan get back going? Can Wisconsin make a push for a Big Ten title appearance? We just won't know. So, you know, not the great, not the best weekend for college football. Um, we won't be seeing all the stars and all, um, out in fashion this weekend, but next weekend for sure. Ohio State, hopefully, Clemson, hopefully. Like, you know, we just don't know what's going to happen next week with college football teams because of the rising um, cases in the COVID-19 pandemic in this country. So it'll be something to keep an eye on. Let's get on to the NFL. Week 10. It's week 10 already. We got seven weeks left, Devin. Seven weeks left in the regular season. Feels like week one was just last week. You know, it's time has flown by and, you know, it's been 
a lot of people are surprised we're, we're at this point. And you got to give credit to how the NFL has handled this pandemic, how they've handled the COVID-19 pandemic in the locker room, in the facilities and all that. Like they've done a great job so far. They were dealing with the way like trying to fix schedules and whatnot to make sure teams are able to play, you know, and also they approved a rule where there'll be 16 teams in um, the playoffs this year. If a team is forced to cancel a game um, later on this season. So got to give credit to the NFL for making this work so far. Um, We don't have a, a lot of good games this weekend, but I do want to mention Carolina and Tampa Bay, real quick, as a Panthers fan, I've got to get it off my chest. Got I got to get got at least talk about the game real quick. Um, you know, it's a big game for both teams. You know, Tampa Bay is coming off a embarrassing loss to the New Orleans Saints, um, where they lost thirty eight to three. Tom Brady didn't look so good, and we were all expecting, oh, this was supposed to be a good game. It happened to be a very embarrassing one for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and they are out to prove to the world we aren't as we aren't pretenders. We are contenders, and they have to prove that against Carolina. And in Carolina's instance, they're trying to get their first win in gosh four or five weeks. Feels like they're they're not. Carolina has. Essentially lost mo- all their games since starting three and two. They've lost their last four. You know, Carolina, they're, Carolina's trying to get their first win in a few weeks. You know, Teddy Bridgewater, this offense, they've been playing well. The defense has been making enough plays. Brian Burns has been um, balling out this year. Um, but they just haven't been able to close out games and win, just win games overall. They've lost with the current losing streak they've had, they have lost all those games by seven or less points or eight or less points. They lost by eight to um, Atlanta on Thursday night football a couple weeks ago. So, you know, both, both teams are out there to prove that, hey, one team's out to prove that they can actually win a game, close out games. Another one is trying to prove that they're still one of the better teams in the NFC. So it's going. I think it could end up being a really good game, like we saw against Carolina and Kansas City. So it'll be interesting to watch. Um, New Orleans are coming off a big win. I know you want to talk about New Orleans real quick. Um, do they have anything really to prove? They're they're now projected as the number one seed in the NFC. They're getting going again. They're looking good again. After starting off kind of sluggish, they're really starting to get their feet underneath them, and they're starting to get on the roll. So what do you think is the outlook for the rest of the season for the Saints? Uh, well, they just got to keep continuing to play well. Um, you know, they look like a team that was struggling at first. Uh, they, you know, obviously started the season uh, one and two, but since then they've won five straight games. Um, and the last two games are, have probably been the most impressive in terms of beating uh, really good teams because the Lions and Chargers, as well as the Panthers, they all have not so great records this season. Um, so being able to defeat the Bears and the Bucks, two teams that 
could be playoff teams. We're still waiting for what the Bears do. I think that's important. And then being a 49ers team, despite them being depleted, you know, they're going to be without Jimmy G. Less, uh, George Kittle, but they still got to do business as usual. Um, you can't take a game lightly. The NFL, anything can happen. Uh, so I, I want the secondary to continue to play well. Uh, Marshawn Lattimore, uh, to continue to play well, uh, cause he had a rough start to the season once again. Uh, but he's picked it up as, as of late. So, uh, I hope that, you know, they continue to play well and, you know, the next stretch of games they have, uh, are going, going to be against teams that, you know, don't have winning records. Um, over the next, after this 49ers game, the next four games they have are teams that all currently have losing records. That includes the Falcons, the Broncos, uh, well, the Falcons twice, the Broncos, as well as the Eagles. So that stretch of games is going to be important because they close out the season with the Chiefs, Vikings, and Panthers. Uh, and none of those are going to be give me games. You know, all of them are going to be tough, especially the Vikings game, uh, with them playing well now. And, you know, got Justin Jefferson that's playing well. Dalvin Cook is playing like the best running back in the game. So, uh, really it comes down to consistency and being able to close games, uh, in like, you know, the, what the Panthers are struggling with. They have to be able to continue to close games and um, just put the best versions of the self out, out on the field. I, th- I feel like they've done that on this five-game win streak or four-game win streak, excuse me. No, no, it's five. It's five. Yeah, it's a five-game win streak. Um, yeah, like, it, it's it's crazy. We were, we were talking about Winston potentially taking over at some point this season to take over. If the Saints weren't going to turn things around, now they have. Now they're playing well. Now that talk has really died down. So, you know, I think the Saints are one of the better teams in the NFL overall, even though they still have their struggles, even though Breeze isn't as great as he once was. He can still make plays in the short, in the short game. Their intermediate game at some points, um, deep ball, forget about it. Don't even, don't even attempt it. If you want, try a deep ball. You can maybe put Winston in for a play and you take a shot, but you know, overall, the Saints are looking good. They're playing good. They're feeling good. You know, could this be a Super Bowl team still? Absolutely. But also, you still gotta worry about Tampa Bay. Even though you swept Tampa Bay, a few game slip-ups, and Tampa Bay's back in the NFC South lead. So every game is going to have to matter for New Orleans from here on out because they know Tampa Bay has the team to really just run up the board, play great defense, and, hell, probably ride their way to the Super Bowl. So, you know, they they got to play hard, got to play great every single week. They got to have more nights like they had against Tampa Bay throughout uh, throughout the season. So every game is going to be crucial for New Orleans. So some of the top games we have to talk about this week are Indianapolis and Tennessee tonight, Thursday night football, or last night, Thursday night football, if you're listening to this tomorrow on Friday. It's a must win for both teams. Both teams are wanting, are in contention to win the AFC South. This is essentially the AFC South on the line tonight in a way. Even though it's still kind of early on in the season, this is now the point where the play, like playoff positioning 
and hopes of trying to get into the playoffs, it matters a lot. So it's a must win for both teams. Both teams have been playing well all season long. They've had their slip-ups here and there. Um, the main matchup of the game, I think, is going to be the Titans offense versus the Colts defense. The Colts have one of the better defenses in the NFL this year. The Titans have had a very consistent offense throughout most of the year. Derrick Henry's been playing well. Ryan Tannehill has been looking good as well. A.J. Brown has emerged as their um, top receiver and potentially a um, big-time threat in the NFL. I saw someone, I think it was Sean Ledger, he um, of um, the Pruder Report, he mentioned that D.K. Metcalf and A.J. Brown, their top five wide receivers in the NFL right now. Which, which kind of came to a shock of me, and I was like, I gotta see what Brown was all about. AJ Brown's pretty damn good. I mean, he can ball. Um, I was kind of low on him during the draft process. I, I still had him as my receiver five, but I wasn't as high on him, um, as some people were in the 2020, or not the 2020, the 2019 draft. Um, so, you know, I'm glad Brown's playing well. You hope any player that you're low on can end up having great success. But, you know, there's some – well, actually, you hope any player has great success. And whoever you, whoever t- team drafts, you hope that player has some success in the NFL. That's, that's all of our hopes. You know, I think this tonight's going to be a really good game between two good football teams – Two teams that are vying for a playoff spot, vying for better playoff positioning, vying for that AFC South title. The Titans are definitely a better team than than they were last year, um, especially with Brian Tannehill at the at the helm. Um, Colts offense is it's been consistent, but the run game has kind of been a little bit inconsistent um, in some ways. Jonathan Taylor has been struggling as of late, but he's a rookie. I mean, he's going to struggle, and he's fumbled the ball uh, quite a few times, which is concerning. It was a concern at Wisconsin, and he doesn't have the best vision. But, you know, that can get better over time. It'll, you know, we got to give players time to develop and whatnot. Jonathan Taylor, very talented. He just needs more time to develop. Um, the Colts offense, Philip Rivers, that offensive line, Group of receivers that they have, um, very. It's a good group. It's a good, consistent group. Um, Rivers, he's had his moments where, like, one game he looks great, the next game he just looks like absolute shit. So, you know, we're not sure what type of Philip Rivers we're going to see tonight. We're not sure what type of Ryan Tannehill we're going to see tonight. Uh, but all I know that tonight is probably going to end up being a good game. Um, it could be low scoring. It could be that type of game. It could be a high scoring affair. We just don't know, but it, it's going to be a good game between good fo- two good football teams. And I'm leaning towards the Colts to win this one. I think defense gets the job done uh, tonight. Um, I think Phillip Rivers makes enough plays offensively to get the job done. Whoever the Colts go with in the ground game, whoever is the hot hand is going to have himself a pretty solid game as well. And I hope they get Michael Pittman involved or Micah Pittman involved because he is very, very, he's a talented receiver that they took in the second round um, out of USC. And I hope 
this could be the breakout game he needs to submit himself as one of the better rookie receivers um, going forward. So I got the Colts over the Titans tonight. Who do you got? Uh, I'm picking the Titans. I think that the Colts offenses are going to be the reason why they don't win. Um, I think Phillip Rivers is past that point of being a starting quarterback in NFL. Uh, he obviously still has some vintage games, uh, some vintage moments, but you know, a lot of people were talking about Drew Brees might be done. I think Phillip Rivers might be done, man. I think that his arm is, is taking a significant, uh, step back and just his decision making. You know, I, I think that has been kind of the plague of the offense. Um, and, and this offense really hasn't been that explosive over the last couple of seasons. Obviously they had Jacoby Brissett at the helm last year. Um, but, uh, they, they might need to, uh, make a change here soon. I don't know if Brissett is the answer, if you try to get Easton some, some time at quarterback, but their quarterback position right now, I feel like is one of the weak points of their offense. I think that, you know, they're not pushing the ball down the field and, you know, they're relying on the running game, but, you know, fumble that, that fumble from Jonathan Taylor last week kind of hurt them. Um, and they just haven't had per- consistent production in the running back position, but, uh, Nonetheless, I'm picking the Tennessee Titans to win. I think A.J. Brown has a big game uh, in this one. And I think uh, Ryan Tannehill throws a couple touchdowns and, and they win convincingly. Yeah, and I can see this game going either way. But the reason I'm picking the Colts is because of their defense. And I'm a big defensive guy. I think if you have a really good defense, you got a shot to win any game. Um, especially if you have a somewhat consistent offense. Your offense is at least consistent, and you have a good defense to go along with that. you got a chance to win um, any game you, you play, honestly, in my opinion. So that's just me. I'm kind of, kind of a little bit biased in that kind of way of going for the team with a good defense over the team with a just a solid team all around like the Tennessee Titans. Uh, but I got the Colts winning in a – low-scoring affair um, against the Tennessee Titans tonight. Buffalo Bills at Arizona Cardinals. Late afternoon game on CBS, 4.05 p.m. I, I think that's 1.05 p.m. On, uh, on the West Coast. This is going to be a good game. These two teams are battling out two playoff contenders in their respective conferences going at each other. It's MVP candidate Josh Allen versus MVP candidate Kyler Murray. Both players are balling out this year. So Kyler Murray had, was, is having better numbers than Lamar Jackson was having at this point last year, which is crazy to, to even think about because Jackson's the reigning league MVP. And then you got Josh Allen, who all of a sudden is looking like one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL, which is, which no one would have expected last year. People were saying, oh, it could be another year until it could be another year or two before we see this Josh Allen. No, we're seeing this Josh Allen. That's really, really good right now. So it's going to be a battle between two good offenses of the Buffalo Bills and the Arizona Cardinals. Both have their own unique ways of how they play offense. Um, Brian DeBall, um, King Clusberry, two great, um, offensive play callers. Um, of course, Cliff Kingsbury, head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, Brian DeBall, future head coach for whoever needs a head coach next year. Please let it be the Jets. 
But I'm, I'm just—I'm not saying, just saying, just saying. But you know, both of these teams have a lot of talent on both sides of the ball. Um, but I'm going to go with the Buffalo Bills to get uh, a win in this one. I do think the Arizona Cardinals—they're a good team, but their Achilles' heel is their defense and somewhat their offensive line as well. Because, like, yes, they have some playmakers on. The Cardinals have some playmakers on the defensive side of the ball, but they don't have Chandler Jones anymore for the season. And they're now starting to give Isaiah Simmons more reps. He had at least, he had, I think, over 50% of the reps or of the snaps on defense last week, which is great. I haven't gotten the chance to see Simmons' game from last week, but hopefully I'll get the chance to do so soon. Um, but, you know, I'd rather take the Bills defense to make plays against the Cardinals over the Cardinals defense to make plays against the Bills offense. You know, I think that's where the mismatch is, and that's probably where the shootout can end up coming from. So you got two MVP um, candidates going head-to-head. You got two great offenses going head-to-head. Um, but, of course, I'm going to go with the Bills because – um, of a struggling Cardinals defense still and, and the Bills defense probably getting the job done over, um, the Cardinals offense. So probably a high scoring affair. Bills win in a close one. Yeah. I also have the Bills winning. Uh, I think this game is even more important than the game last week against the Seahawks, uh, because we saw Josh Allen really unlock. Um, and, and have one of the best passing games of his career. So now it's up to see what Brian uh, Dabble has planned for this week in attacking Arizona's defense. Um, and I think it's important, especially for his development and confidence. I think that if the Bills have truly turned a corner and turned or back to the team that we thought they would be, you know, after they start off the season hot, uh, I think this could be in a, a game you pinpoint to say, you know, they continue to take the steps in the right direction to become a dominant football team. So it, it, it starts with games like this, you know, off a big win against Seattle, a team that uh, people thought you would lose to, especially since you have been struggling the previous few weeks. So I think this is a big game for their confidence and uh, just for what we might see from the rest of the season. If they come out with a big win with another great performance from Josh Allen, then you really have to start uh, preparing for a Bills passing attack in the playoffs. Yeah, man. And right now it looks like the Bills are the team to beat in the AFC South. Like, yes, the Dolphins are starting to play well, and there's a possibility they could be in contention for the um, AFC East title. Um, we all thought the Patriots could maybe make a run at them, but they've struggled in recent weeks, but they've started to get going again, especially Cam Newton who has had some good games over the last couple of weeks after getting quote-unquote benched against the 49ers, which I don't think it was really a benching. I think it was more of just getting the hell off the field so he doesn't do more damage to himself, um, especially with the offense struggling and whatnot. So, But anyway, you know, I think this is a big game for the Bills because if they lose this game – Miami is like, oh, damn, we got a shot here. We got a shot to win the AFC East here. We can go head-to-head with the Bills, 
here soon. We got a shot. If the Bills don't beat the Cardinals, Miami Dolphins fans are going to get all excited. They're going to get really excited. Kyle Krabs is going to be um, drinking a lot of whiskey, a lot of whiskey. My guy is going to have some fun if the Dolphins win the AFC East. My mom is going to have some fun if the Dolphins win the AFC East. She's a big, she's a Dolphins fan. She hasn't been watching a lot of Dolphins football because we don't, we aren't able to get um, any Dolphins games here in North Carolina much. But whenever they're on, she's going to try to watch it when she can. But she does keep up with it. So shout out to uh, Mama Feinberg, Mom, I love you. Um, you know, yeah, big game for the Bills. Big game for the Cardinals. The Cardinals win, and we've seen the struggles that Seattle has had recently. Cardinals have a shot at the NFC West. So it's a big game for both teams. And in terms of how they're viewed in the public eye um, or on the national on the national level. So it's going to be a really fun game to watch. It's really one of the only good games to watch this weekend. Um, and speaking of Cam Newton, let's get to Sunday Night Football. Now, this game could be in question because the Ravens have recently had a positive COVID test to one of their players. And now there's rumors saying, hey, they might they might. They might move the Buffalo Bills-Arizona Cardinals game to Sunday Night Football and the Ravens-Patriots game um, out of Sunday Night Football into like one of the later afternoon games. But let's assume that that game is still on for Sunday Night Football and whatnot. Baltimore Ravens traveling to the New England Patriots. Cam Newton had a good game last week against the Jets. And yes, I know it was the Jets. I get it. The Jets are bad. They're awful. They suck. But Cam Newton, he had a good game. He had a good game. It was an encouraging good game for Newton. And and he led that last drive come back, that game-winning drive um, with like 50 seconds to go. He led him downfield, made a big throw to Jacoby Myers downfield to put um, the pads in field goal range to have to get Nick Folk in range to kick that game-winning field goal, which he did made, of course. So this is a big game for the Patriots, you know. This is a big game for Cam Newton as well, going up against a good Baltimore Ravens defense and a good Baltimore Ravens offense. Now, the Ravens, they're they're a good offense, but we haven't seen a lot of that explosiveness that we saw last year. Like, they haven't haven't been as explosive um, offensively as they have in the past. Um should we see that explosiveness this week? Potentially. The Patriots defense has just been putrid the past few weeks. Or, let's be honest, they've been putrid all season long. They haven't been that great. But they've been dealing with injuries. They've also had COVID opt-outs. They lost Dante Hightower to COVID opt-outs. So, you know, they're they're going to struggle. But this could be the game where we see Cam Newton like, okay, Cam, you need to prove to a national TV audience once again that you still got it. If Cam Newton can put up a performance like he did against the Jets, against the Ravens on Sunday night, somewhat close of a performance, maybe even slightly better, then that's going to be one of his better performances of the year. That's going to be probably his best performance of the year against um, the defending League MVP Lamar Jackson, um, and Lamar Jackson has been giving him giving Cam praise lately, and it's like, 
Um, Cam, he, he's Superman. He's he's basically the prototype of what QBs are like in today's NFL. You know, you need a QB who can make plays out of the pocket and make plays on the ground. You know, that's the type of QB the NFL is trending towards nowadays. So it's going to be the um, the standard versus the future. Cam Newton, the standard which he has been for for his type of quarterback. Um, he's basically the standard. He has been for the last nine, ten years versus Lamar Jackson, who is the future, who is going to be the soon-to-be standard for his position years in, or years from now. So it's. I think this could be a really sneaky good game, even though the Ravens are favored by a good amount, and even though the Ravens should probably win this game, and I think they probably win this game, um, I'm not going to be biased and go for Cam Newton. I think the Ravens are the better team. I think they just tear apart the Patriots' defense. Um, I do think Cam Newton does have a good game, but it won't be enough to beat the Ravens. Um, the Ravens are just such a good football team, and they need a game where they just need more ox- explosiveness on offense and I think they get that this weekend um, and if they do that they're going to probably win by two scores maybe at least and here's the thing Cam Newton, Jacoby Myers they continue to ball out Patriots could sneak out but I'm going to go with the Ravens um, by a score or two uh, over the New England Patriots I'm taking the Patriots um Okay. This is gonna this is gonna be one of those slow games that you know it's gonna be probably like ten to six at halftime. It's gonna be one of those slow type games, and the game might go by fast in the first half because both teams like to run the football and establish the run. Uh, both quarterbacks are, are running quarterbacks that that can make plays with their feet, uh, and I think they both will be involved in the run game. Um, but to me. I think the Patriots had the best game of the season on Sunday night. I think that the offense looks really good. Um, Jacoby Myers has another big game. I think Cam Newton protects the football. And I think their defense steps up and makes some big plays and forces some turnovers. And um, I see, I foresee another J.C. Jackson interception uh, against the Ravens. And I, I got I got the Patriots winning. Um for some reason, something feels off to me about the Ravens. Um, I don't know. I can't quite pinpoint it, but I feel like they are susceptible to, to let down games, and I feel like this is one of them. Yeah, and, you know, if this was a home game for Baltimore, I'd feel a lot more comfortable, but it, you're going on the road against New England. No crowd for the rest of the year, of course. New England doesn't have a crowd. They just got built-in noise. But you're going into New England. You're going into the Patriots' home. You're going up against Cam Newton, who's been starting to play well recently. You're going to go up against a emerging Jacoby Myers and a good run game as well with Cam Newton, Rex Burkhead, James White, Damian Harris, who's really starting to emerge as probably their top running back. So, you know, I can definitely see New England winning this game and Baltimore having one of those letdowns. But I I just really think they need – a game where they just go off offensively in terms of explosive plays, like 20-plus yard. They they desperately need those 
plays, and they need it more now than ever because if the Ravens want to have any shot of trying to get to the Super Bowl, they need those um, explosive plays, and they just haven't been getting those. And, you know, like you said, this could be a letdown game for Baltimore, but I think this is a game where we finally see Lamar Jackson just go off in the run game, go off in the passing game, um, and we see explosiveness on um, on both sides of the ball for the Ravens, on defense and on offense. Um, we could see J- uh, J.K. Dobbins having a good game against the Patriots. We, we just don't know. But I, I feel more comfortable going with the Ravens right now um, against that Patriots defense because I'm not the biggest fan of their defense. They got – I mean, you look at what happened against the Jets. They were getting torn apart by Joe Flacco. He's elite, by the way. Let's not forget that. But Joe Flacco still. And a Jets offense that – wasn't that great, but I mean, yes, they did have some good. Um, they did, they do have some good players that they can really build around. But still, it's the Jets. But I, I feel more comfortable with the Ravens um, Sunday night. Um, but in my heart's apart, deep in my heart, I really would love to see the Patriots win this game and Cam Newton to have. Um, another game like he had against the Seahawks on that first Sunday night football game. I'd love to see that happen. Um, if that does happen, like we should probably just start discussing New England as a potential team that could come back and maybe even sneak into the playoffs as the seventh seed. We, we just don't know. So it's going to be a really interesting game to watch. And again, like I've said in the past couple of times, the got Baltimore win this one. You need explosive plays and whatnot. So Ravens over Patriots um, by a score or two. Guys, thank you so much for listening to the Draft Nut Podcast. I hope to see you guys next week. Hopefully it's Devin and I again next week. Hopefully we don't have anything going on that will cause us to miss a podcast or for me to go solo. Um, while I no disrespect, Devin, I I do like going solo sometimes, but, you know, I miss talking to you, my guy, and I want to continue to talk to you. So, guys, we'll be back next week. We promise, if not to both of us, it'll be me, but who knows. All right, guys, peace.